Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hello, St. Louis and surrounding areas. You are listening to another edition of At Your Service right here on The Voice of St. Louis. K-M-O-X. Maybe the voice sounds somewhat familiar. It's been a while. Yeah, this is Dave Simons, usually the host of the Dollars and Cents show, which you don't hear very often at all during baseball season because we do have this baseball team. They're called the St. Louis Cardinals. You might have heard of them before. So they take most Sunday afternoons, and so you don't hear much from me during the baseball season. And then during the off season, I go back and forth with my friend and uh, colleague Mike Brown, and we kind of switch off. So I'm probably on these days maybe 10 to 12 times a year on Sunday, which is perfect for me. But what I like is every once in a while they allow me off that Sunday afternoon gig, and I get to fill in occasionally on at your service during the weeknight. So I sort of take off that certified financial planner cape and spread my wings, and now I get to talk about a lot of different things. And... I think tonight we're going to have some fun. I I just think we'll keep this light in a lot of ways. It, I know that some of you are like, well, Dave, you're you're the certified financial planner, and and so I we haven't heard you for a long time. Please don't give a host a two hour show and not give us your professional opinion on what you think the markets are going. This has been a crazy market. Are are we going to go lower? Or what's the Fed going to do? Yeah, I, I promise. This is not going to be a version of the Dollars and Cents show. So this is not a two-hour financial investment market-related show. And some of you are saying hallelujah to that. But I can't obviously host two hours and not at least get into what I do for a living and give you some of my own two cents on this. Not right now. We'll get to it uh, in a little bit later in the first hour. But obviously I'm here because the Cardinals are not playing. They already did, as you probably know, this afternoon against the Washington Nationals. And, yeah, they it's kind of a clunker. They had two clunkers during the four games this week against the worst team in baseball. I'm, I admit it. Folks, I'm getting greedy. I'm, I'm getting greedy here. I mean, the Cardinals have made us all believers that this could be a special season. And so when they have the worst team in baseball come in, you think, oh, four games? We'll win at least three or four. You know, they could have lost three of four if they didn't have that dramatic comeback. So, you know what? They're entitled. That's the way I look at it in the financial markets. We've had such a good run for so long. We have not really had a real recession. I say real recession. Technically, we had one in the spring of 2020 when the economy was shut down. We had the pandemic. 
that was kind of forced upon us. That was not a natural economic cycle. The natural type of recession we really haven't had since the great one of 2008 that went into 09. So are we overdue? Yeah, we'll get to that. Well, were the Cardinals overdue to kind of have a series where they didn't look as good as maybe they had before? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess we'll give them that. So now they go up to Pittsburgh and play another inferior team. So hopefully they'll get on the right track. But are you all having as uh, this? I'm a pure fan, so I'm not the sports guy here. So I'm coming to you like I'm just a regular guy like all of you. Are you having as much fun this year with this team as I am? When was the last time that you really looked forward to turning on the TV or the radio to check out the Cardinals like this? Like every night, I want to know who's pitching. I want to know what the starting time is, where are they playing, who are they playing, all that. Last year was fun, obviously, because of the record-breaking 17-game win streak. Which, by the way, I got really lucky last year. Pure dumb luck. I had purchased tickets well in advance for this game in September that there for a while it looked like it would be meaningless. The Cardinals were sort of meandering a little bit. It turned out the game was the 17th win in a row the night they won, or rather I should say clinched, a playoff spot, wild card spot. So that was kind of cool. I was there that night when they all gathered on the field. But how many of you actually remember how the playoff went last year? Now, some of you are going, how could you forget? Seriously? I I still remember that. It hurts. But I bet you a lot of you are thinking, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, they they did go to the playoffs last year. That's right, 17-game winning streak. Who did they play? How did they? Well, let me remind you of that. It was a wild card game, just one game, and they took on the Dodgers. And remember, it was a pitching duel. Max Scherzer, the St. Louisan, who, of course, is now with the Mets, against Adam Wainwright. It was one-to-one into the bottom of the ninth that we were playing out in L.A. Two outs, one guy on. Alex Reyes, the reliever for the Cardinals. Now is it starting to come back to you? And Chris Taylor, the Dodgers, two-run homer, game over. Yeah, I, I'm sorry that I had to do that to you. But now we get into this year here in 2022, and this has been a blast. And I think, you know what? It's not just because they're winning and, yeah, they're in first place, but they're all these side stories. You've got Albert Pujols, of course, chasing history, first and foremost trying to get above A-Rod, trying to get to at least 697 home runs to surpass Alex Rodriguez on his way to 700. We'll see. But you've got, I mean, having a a year of years, Paul Goldschmidt, I mean, legitimate shot at the Triple Crown. That's been a nice, fun side story. How about Yachty and Wayno, of course, setting records now for, obviously they will set it, for most starts together. I mean, it's it's been an awesome ride in a lot of side stories, and I'm having a blast, and that's why I get a little greedy. I admit it. Um, and can we also give the front office their due? I know it's so easy to criticize the manager at any time. We all do it. We're all the the proverbial Monday morning quarterback to uh, kind of mix and match sports here, sports analogies and cliches, but we are. And so it's easy to criticize 
the manager. It's easy to criticize the bullpen coach, the pitching coach. It's really easy to criticize the front office, the general manager and president and ownership. They're not spending enough money. But I, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of it, of course. I'm a fan. But we also have to be fair when things go right and say, Mo, John Mozalock, and your cohorts, nice work. Pat on the back. Let's be fair here. Didn't go after Juan Soto like a lot of people wanted, fans. I didn't. I didn't want to give up half our prospects and pay hundreds of millions of dollars for a guy. No. So he goes and he makes these what look like just kind of minor deals, Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana and some others. And ever since that, ever since the trade deadline, they've been pretty much the hottest team in baseball. So I, I'm digressing a little bit, but if we're going to criticize, I think when actual really good, smart moves – Good on the money side and the payroll side, of course. Can't ignore that. But the success is there. It speaks for itself. And that's really what the Cardinals needed more than anything was innings. Innings. Starters. Especially on the left-handed side. And then bullpen folks, too. Man, I'm sounding like a sports guy here. Maybe I need to reapply for a job. Uh, anyway, I just I start off with that because, obviously, most of you – listening to KMOX this time of night during the summer, you get Cardinals. So I, I give you a little bit, but I'm having a blast and I give credit where credit is due. And, um, you know, when we come back, I just have to, uh, uh, this is somewhat Cardinal related. I got to tell you my personal Albert Pujols story a little bit more than a decade ago. So this is before he even left to go play for the angels. He was at the top of his game. He he could basically have run for mayor of St. Louis at the time. He probably could run again now, but back then especially. And um, by the quirk of fate, um, I happened to spend (laughs) a morning through early afternoon with Sir Albert, just he and I. And it was very interesting what kind of brought us together and how that unfolded. All right, so... Come back. I'll give you that story. I will get to some financial-related stuff. Um, And then we're going to talk about some other stuff. I've got a list of the hardest-working states. Yeah, citizens. What states have the hardest-working citizens? That'll be interesting. Where did Missouri and Illinois finish in that? In the next hour, I'll talk a little bit about, um, yeah, my personal experiences with living in England and Queen Elizabeth and give you some of that. Um, Got a little special treat about that. Um, And then some other things, obviously, related to that and plenty more. So, folks, thanks so much for tuning us in here tonight on Camo X. My name is Dave Simons, and I promise we shall return. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is 821 here in St. Louis. Hello. Good evening. My name is Dave Simon, certified financial planner by day and intellectual conversationist at night. Oh, I like that. I just kind of came up with that. I'm going to make a note here. Put that on my business card. Okay, got it. All right, welcome, everybody. Um, so my Albert Pujols story, uh, I don't remember. It was either 2009 or 2010, and it was after the season was over. I used to be on a an advisory board for uh, – the my, I just try to come up with the acronym, um, which was the FCA, which was a Christian athletes, of course. And so I was, um, gosh, I had done that, I guess, for maybe a dozen years or so. And I don't remember exactly how this all came out, but it was, it was related to the FCA at, in some degree. And I found myself invited to play golf with a, a, a few folks by Ricky Horton, who is actively involved in the FCA. I guess he still is, uh, but he certainly was back then. But I, I'm told that he's, he still is very actively involved, does not surprise me at all. And so I was told, oh, by the way, as part of this little golf outing, Albert's going to show up, and he's going to also hit some balls. I'm like, oh, well, that's really cool. Now, folks, you have to remember a little backdrop around me, and I'm not name-dropping. I have to tell you this to give you some context of the story. So my original background, as I think a lot of you know, is I am a former broadcast journalist. That's what I went to Mizzou for, graduated from there in 84, started my career. I'm a St. Louis native, but started my career in Kansas, working my way up through, got to Wichita by way of Tyler, Texas, briefly, And then my dream was to come back home and work for St. Louis. So I was thrilled when uh, I was hired in 1989 to work at KMOV. They had just changed their call letters. Many of you may recall it used to be KMOX-TV, owned by CBS. And they had just changed over to KMOV. And here I am in 89. I'm a news guy for one year. And then I ended up switching over to the sports side for a few years and working with Zip Rizepa and Doug Vaughn. Doug, of course, still there. And so the reason I tell you all that is 
I had the chance to interview a lot of famous people, and I never felt intimidated by them. I always looked at them as these are guys who just happen to be very good in a certain career that I was interviewing them about. So I was fortunate enough to, in fact, be one of the few people during his retirement years to interview Joe DiMaggio. And that was put together by Bob Costas, who was was more than nice enough to facilitate that. And nobody ever got a chance to interview DiMaggio. And I was obviously thrilled, but it wasn't like I was shaking in my boots at all. And I've had one-on-one interviews with the late, great Mickey Mantle and, and, and spent time at Stan Musial's house, just me and him, as he was giving me a tour of his house and all the trophies. So you, you kind of get the picture, right? And even on the political side, when I was a news guy in Kansas, I covered the 1988 election as people came through. So interviewed uh, George H.W. Bush and Michael Dukakis and Jesse Jackson and people like that. And then, yes, I even did an infamous live interview with Hulk Hogan. Maybe I'll tell that story at some point. That one went completely off the rails. Maybe that was the one time I was a little intimidated because I thought he was going to, like, flip me upside down or something. Live on TV, by the way. I say that because here I am, and I get to the golf course, and I know it's going to be a small group, and Albert's going to be there, and so I check in with Ricky Horton, and Ricky said, okay, there's your cart. You can just put your bag there. Uh, I guess you're going to drive. I guess Albert's just going to, like, ride along. I'm like, what? What? He said, yeah, you you can put your bag on the driver's side, and and, and then Albert, he can just put your, his bag next to you when you guys go play. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Okay, I, I, so I'm playing with Albert Pools, just me and him in a cart together. We're playing golf. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I went up. He was on the putting green, and I introduced myself. And you know what? A little standoffish, but that's okay. Remember, I used to do this for a living. I know how these guys operate. I was in plenty of sports locker rooms. Um, there's a protective wall that goes up around them, especially the superstars. I get it. Take no offense. They have to be very careful. A lot of people that they don't know are always wanting something from them. I didn't, but that's okay. He didn't know that. But it continued. So we get to the first tee box at this private country club here in St. Louis, and Ricky Horton tees off. Good golfer. Ricky, if you're listening, you know you're a good golfer, lefty, as I am. I don't remember the fourth guy. I, I don't. Um, I, for some reason, I just cannot recall who, who was the fourth member of our of our uh, foursome. Albert probably hit the ball about 500 yards, and I'm barely exaggerating. And I'm talking about total. He hit it so high, and yet it still went about 300-plus yards. And I'm thinking, dude, if you could just, like, level that out a little bit, holy cow, you hit it for 350 yard plus. That's the first thing I remember about him teeing off. I tee off last. And it just dawned on me, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm a very average golfer and I don't play as much as I would like to. And so I'm looking, all the other three balls are out in the middle of the fairway and Alberts is like way out there. And I thought, now they're watching me. And I'm a lefty, and I notice a little creek kind of behind me, only about 80 yards. And you you golfers know this. You cannot have a negative thought in your mind saying, okay, I can't slice it. 
because then you're going to slice it. It's like, don't think of a pink elephant. You're going to think of a pink elephant. So I got this crazy voice in my head that said, oh, don't pull it 80 yards behind you into the creek. I pulled it 80 yards behind me into the creek. And I sat there and I, I'm like, you should just pick up your golf clubs and go home because you are about to give Albert Pujols the worst afternoon of his life. And he's going to realize, why am I out here with this loser? So Ricky was nice enough. He said, oh, hit another one. This isn't competition. And I hit another one. And then it was okay. But I remember, I've, I'm like, what, dude, why are you this nervous? You did this for a living. Although it had been at that point like 20 years since I had been around guys like that. And this was Albert, like at the top of his game. He was the most famous baseball player around. So he was still not that conversational with me. And I was trying to make small talk and just kind of two words. And I thought, okay, I can't go like 18 holes like this. So then I got the idea. We're driving down the fairway, and I said, Albert, if this was about 20 years ago, you would not be in this cart with me right now. And he looked at me. Why is that, man? And I said, because I used to be a TV sports guy. I was in the media. And he smiled, and he said, you're right, man. I would not be with you right now. Ha, <laughs> ha, because, you know, he's do, he's having a great year with the media now. He's a different guy. But anyone who covered him back in the day will tell you, yeah, he, he could be a little surly at times. Wasn't always the most friendly guy. That's just, okay, just telling it like it is. Well, that's back then. That's how he was. And then he opened up. Why are you no longer doing that? And then we just, we just the rest of the afternoon, we got along great. Um it was it was a blast. Now, unfortunately, we had rain that came through, so I think it, we got to like the twelfth or thirteenth hole, and it was done. But then we went back to the clubhouse and swapped stories. I've never talked to the guy since. Should have thought, Albert, you looking for a financial advisor? No, no, I don't do business that way. It was for a good reason, good, 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 good charity. So anyway, just had to had to tell you the Albert story. I'll never forget that. All right, folks, I'm going to totally switch gears here a little bit. And when we come back after this break, I am going to um, get into a little bit of what I do, because I think a lot of you right now, many of you, perhaps most of you have some money in the financial market, stocks and bonds. And some of you are retired. You're worried about that. Some of you are getting ready to, you're thinking about that. You're like, where's this going? What is the market done going down? Do we still have a lot more? Is it just started? Is this the great recession part two? I got to, I'm a little worried about this. Well, nobody knows for sure. You know, let's be honest. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know exactly what's going to happen, but I can give you through my experience and professional judgment and research some real practical ideas here as we look forward. So stay with us. You're listening to At Your Service here at KMOX. My name is Dave Simons, and we shall return. I guess it's a fitting tune, pain, because a lot of you are feeling it, I know, as investors. Welcome back. It's 836 in St. Louis. Dave Simons is your fill-in host tonight on At Your Service. So this is what I do for a living, so let me try to impart some of my own professional opinion and advice here. But if you know what Jay Powell, the Fed chairman, is ultimately going to do with interest rates, how far and how long, 
then I can tell you exactly what the stock market's going to do. But because we don't know how hawkish or aggressive Powell and his cohorts will be, it's very difficult to handicap what the market will do. It's really that simple. We don't need to overcomplicate this. This really is being led by the Fed chairman. Let, let me explain a little bit. Two weeks ago tomorrow, Fed Chairman Jay Powell was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and he was giving a speech. It's part of the annual symposium. Now, it was the first time since pre-COVID that they did their long-tenured symposium in, in Jackson Hole. And everyone was looking forward to it. Everyone was pins and needles what Jay Powell was going to talk about, how much longer they were going to go with raising interest rates. The market was surprised. I don't know why they were surprised. I think everyone figured that he was going to talk tough on inflation. And when he did, the stock market said, this is terrible. So I don't know if you remember this, but two weeks ago tomorrow, the Dow fell a thousand points after he spoke. But if you go back, he only gave a 10 minute speech, but man, was it direct and to the point. And he really was draconian in a lot of his verbiage. I mean, he was talking about how there's going to be pain And this is someone who hasn't really talked in terms like that before. So, my friends, I take him at his word here. I think Jay Powell, your Fed chairman, is willing to crash this economy straight into a brick wall to bring inflation under control. Now, I'm overstating it a little bit. I'm using hyperbole here. he's He's not purposely wanting to crash the economy, but I'm telling you what, he's not afraid to bring the economy into a recession. We're not officially in one. We're not. Don't fall into that trap. I know that the old definition is two quarters in a row of negative growth, which we had slightly, but it's not an official recession. That's actually labeled by the National Bureau of Economic Research. NBER. They've been around for a hundred years. That's a nonprofit, nonpartisan research organization. They're the ones who officially put the stamp and say, we started a recession back on, and it's always backdated. The recession actually started this date. And then after it's over, we don't officially know it's over until the NBER comes out and says, oh, by the way, data shows that the recession ended back three months ago. That's the way it always works. As of today, we are not officially in one. My opinion, though, we are headed toward one. You can't use the word inevitable in my business. You can't. It's just there's nothing that's 100% assured or guaranteed. So I'm not saying that we can't avoid one. We can. It's possible. The so-called soft landing, the Goldilocks economy, that's possible. But I'm taking Powell at his words here, and he's basically saying we are going to do what it takes to bring inflation back down to 2 or 3%. And, my friends, the only way that they can do that is to get the economy to contract and into a recession. I don't know if it'll be a mild one, a major one. I don't think it'll be a major one. Now, before you all decide to run for the hills and call your advisors tomorrow and sell all your stocks because of what this guy said on the radio— Hold on. Repeat after me. The economy is not the stock market. Okay? The economy is not the stock market. I'm going to prove this to you. I went back and looked at all 11 recessions that have occurred since the end of World War II. All 11. And what I looked at is how did the S&P 500 perform in the six months leading up to the recession, 
then during the life of the recession, how the market performed, and then how it performed in the one year after it was officially over. And then I did one more. I wanted to know what the market performed on a three-year average annualized return after the recession ended. We figured the market's going to be higher one in three years, and it pretty much has been. So I think what we need to really focus on is what did the market do in the six months before leading up to it, and what did it do during? So the previous 11 recessions, in the six months leading up to it, it was mixed. Half the years, roughly, actually one, two, three, four, four, five of the 11 years, the market was up. Only six, it was down. When you average it all together, the S&P 500 was down 1.1% on average the previous 11 recessions in the six months leading up to the official announcement. Now, they're all over the board. I hate to use averages. But the worst was a 19% decline in the six months leading up to the 2001 recession. No surprise, the tech bubble bursting. The best was the 1980 recession. By the way, we had back-to-back recessions. 1980, the economy improved, and then we fell back in in 81 into 82. But that was a 13% increase in the six months leading up to it. When you average them all together, not much movement. You might expect, oh, well, was there a 35% decrease in the market in the six? No, that's never happened. The worst is 19%, and it's the only double-digit decrease in the six months leading up to a recession ever. We didn't go back and look at the Great Depression. That's its own numbers. This is since World War II. During the recession, the numbers are wildly all over the board. When you average them all together, during a recession, the S&P 500 has an average return of a positive 3.8. Does that surprise you? For those of you who hear my words and say, oh, geez, Dave, okay, we're going into recession. Doesn't surprise me. I bet you most of you probably have assumed, yeah, I guess if we're not there already, we're probably heading there. And that scares me about the market. Well, history tells you it's not been a problem before. That's no guarantee, of course. That's not what I'm suggesting. But we can't ignore 11 times here. That's not some small sample size. We're, We're talking about a 75 to 80 year period here. 11 recessions. Now, the worst, no surprise, the Great Recession. During the recession itself, which was December of 07 through June of 09, that was the official length of the recession, the S&P fell 35% during that time. Now, overall, during the bear market, it fell more than 50%. I'm just talking about during the recessionary months. All right. The best ever during a recession goes all the way back to 1953 into 54. During that recession, the S&P actually was up 23%. So wild extremes, average 3.8. One year later, the recession ends. The market was up double, double digits every time except the 2001 recession. Because then we had the double whammy of 9-11. And then it went into 02. And a year later, the market was down 16.5%. But all the other times, 10 times, the market was up more than 10% with a top increase of 37% after the recession ended in 1958. And the three-year averages are, are really strong. 
anywhere from 6-7% annualized for three years up to a whopping 24% annualized for three years. I, I'm, I need to take a break. When we come back, I just want to kind of conclude what we're listening or looking at here. It's very important. Please do not overlook this. History is actually kinder than you think during the recession. The dirty work, the heavy lifting of the market declines in and around recessions occur many months before. Remember that. The market hit a low in late June. So far, that's the low. The S&P 500 at that time was down 24%, technically, officially, 23.9%. And we're still not in a recession. So see what I'm talking about? The market sees things well in advance, corrects, that's where the damage is. And now if we go into a recession later this year, early next year, this is like 12 months before. It's not in the data. So my point here is probably the most of the damage that's been done in and around this recession, if we go into one, is behind us. More when we come back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Dave Simons along with you tonight on At Your Service here on KMOX, talking a little financial investment and market stuff because of the volatility of the market and the downside pressure that we've had pretty much all year. July notwithstanding, that was a nice month, but we gave a big chunk of that uh, back in August and September, which historically is the worst month of the year on average, seems to want to be living up to its name until the last couple of days. Just get used to the volatility, my friends, because that's what's going to happen probably through the rest of this year and then well into 2023. As I opined before we took the break, I believe that we are heading toward a recession. That's my opinion, no guarantee of that. And I say that based only on Jay Powell, the Fed chairman himself, from his own lips. I take him at his word here when he said, and I'm using his words when he said, there will be pain ahead. You normally don't hear a Fed chairman speak so honestly like that. But once he came out with in such hawkish terms a couple of weeks ago, I said, okay, that's it. He's telling us that he is taking this economy down as the only solution to bring inflation down from its lofty perch now down to more historically normal levels, if not below. And I just gave you the numbers, though, on the stock market side to say, but the market itself doesn't necessarily crash and burn in and around the recession itself. The damage is done early because the market is such a discounting mechanism. If we do go into a recession, my opinion is it'll be officially declared after the first of the year. So the six-month prior period, we'd kind of be in it now. Maybe it started this summer, and that's what we have to look at. Well, history tells us in the six months prior to the official announcement, the market has not really fallen that much. And in fact, in some cases, it's actually risen. You think, why is that? Because the market saw it six months prior from there. It discounts it. It, it, it sees ahead. And, and the big institutional investors are already positioning themselves well in advance. So no surprise if the market, we look back someday years from now and say, yep, there was a recession early 2023. And the market in the first six months of 2022 fell about 24%. Big boys and girls on Wall Street saw it coming. So I don't know where the ultimate bottom of the market is. Nobody does. Maybe it was late June. Maybe we don't go back and retest that. I don't know. 
Maybe we do go further below that still. My opinion, no guarantee, again, is whatever the final bottom is, the majority of the damage, I believe, is behind us. We just may have to be very patient because I don't think a bull market necessarily is going to be born anytime soon. But when it does, it won't wait for someone to ring a bell like this NBER I told you about that officially declares the beginning and the end of recessions. The NBER doesn't come out and say, recession's over, go back and buy stocks. The market's already done that many months in advance. So that's why I know it's cliche to say, stay invested, don't time the market, but it's all true. It's all true. I've seen people all the time panic and sell, and that's the easy decision. I can't take this anymore. I'm done. That's easy. The hardest part is to know when to get back in because you don't get that right. Most people don't. And if you do, that wasn't skill. Don't pat yourself on the back. That was luck. You're not going to get it right a second time and a third time. So you just need to stay fully invested. I, there are some other things that I want to go over about this that I'll get to in the second hour, but I do want to kind of change gears and let you know what we'll talk about in the next hour. I want to give you some um, personal stories and anecdotes of my, um, well, I don't want to give it away. Let's just say we all know the story, obviously, now that occurred today with um, Queen Elizabeth passing away. 70 years on the throne. Can you believe that? I mean, think about that for a second. 70 years. Not not, not she lived 70. No, she was the queen. It's going to be weird to say King Charles. It's like we haven't said king, unless you're talking about another country, uh, really for our whole lifetime, my lifetime. It's been a queen, Queen Elizabeth. But I got some personal stories related to the British kingdom, the British empire that I want to share with you when we come back. So stay with us folks at the top of the hour, of course, sports, weather, news, all that good stuff. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 